the scriptures reveal a glorious throne room of God in the heavens. The throne of God is the centerpiece and all kinds of things are going on around the throne. I wanna take you on a spiritual guided tour of this throne room, its significance to us and how we live. We find this vision of the throne room in Revelation chapter four. I wanna start this guided tour from verse one. Revelation 4, 1 says, After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. Immediately, it says in verse 2, I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. The first thing that he notices when he gets into this throne room is the throne. It is the centerpiece of everything that's happening in the book of Revelation. In fact, this throne is mentioned 13 times in the book, and it is from this throne that God brings his judgment. But that's not the only thing that happens from the throne of God. We see in the Bible that God is active on his throne, that he tests the sons of men, and that he tests the righteous, and he brings judgment upon the wicked. The Bible even tells us that God is judging from his throne even today. And Psalms 45 tells us the throne of God will never end. I love Hebrews 4, 15 and 16, which tells us we have access to the throne of God to find grace to help in a time of need. Not only do we see judgment coming from the throne, but we see God helping those who call out on his name. Isaiah said in Isaiah 6, 1, he saw the throne of God high and lifted up. This would speak of the sovereignty of God, that God is the royal, he is the sovereign, he is the one who does what his will is to do. Psalms 47, seven and eight tells us that God reigns over the nations from his throne. He's not passive on the throne, but he's actually reigning over the nations. Finally, Psalms 103, a great verse, tells us that God oversees his angels from his throne. It's Psalms 103, 19 through 21. The Lord has established his throne in heaven. His kingdom rules over all, bless the Lord. You, his angels who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of the word. Bless the Lord, all you his host, you ministers of his who do his pleasure. This tells us that God rules over the world of the angels. And Hebrews 1 tells us that they are ministering to us. What a great picture of God bringing about things, judging and blessing, active on the throne. Now back in verse two of Revelation chapter four, it says, one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like Jasper and Sardis stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. He didn't have a vision of God, but he had a vision of the glory of God. So the first thing he notices is the throne of God set up in heaven and one setting on it who shines with these stones and an emerald rainbow above it. He's speaking of the glory of God. Glory would describe the splendor of a thing or a person and there is no greater glory than the glory of God. Whenever there's a show that comes on about the life of Jesus, a little while ago, there was a show called The Bible and the Old Testament had a lot of people watching it. But as soon as it came to Jesus, it jumped up by millions of people who watched it. Recently here, the show, The Chosen, has gotten a hold of people that have never been exposed to Jesus, and they're moved when they see him doing the things that are written in scripture. John 1:14 tells us this, and when the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth.
The glory of God is so much more than a bright shining light or a cloud that floats around demonstrating his glory. It is the righteousness of God. It is the goodness of God. It is the way God interacts with men. In Isaiah 61, talking about the first coming of Jesus, it said, arise and shine for the light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Hebrews 1.3 tells us of Jesus, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus has revealed to us the glorious character of the God whom we serve. The Bible also tells us that there is a cloud or smoke that is bright and shining and represents God's glory. Isaiah 6, 4 says, And the posts of the door were shaken, and the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. Now there is an altar in heaven, and some believe the smoke could come from there, but there's a couple other passages that help us with this glory that we see in the throne room. Leviticus 16.2 says, And the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron your brother not to come at just any time into the holy place inside the veil, before the mercy seat which is on the ark. Lest he die, I will appear in a cloud above the mercy seat. Ezekiel 10 speaks of the cloud representing God's glory leaving the temple and leaving Jerusalem. Listen to what it says in Revelation 15:8. The temple was filled with the smoke from the glory of God and from his power. That tells us that this smoke, this cloud, represents the glory of God and his power and the glory of his character. This glory in heaven must be absolutely spectacular because God tells us that he shares his glory here on the earth through creation. Isaiah 6.3 says, And one cried to another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. When we look out at a vast expanse, or a sunset, or a beautiful waterfall, we are seeing the glory of God. The God who created these glorious things is even more glorious than them. And Numbers 14, 21 tells us, but truly, as I live, the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. There's even a greater way that the earth will be filled with that glory. Now, so far, we've seen the throne of God in heaven that he rules and reigns from his active and the glory that is around the throne, which represents the glory of God. But then John saw 24 thrones around the throne of God. This is not the only place the Bible talks about thrones. In Daniel chapter seven, it says, I saw thrones put in place and the ancient of days is seated and the son of man comes on a cloud to receive a kingdom, power and glory. Here's what verse four says, around the throne were 24 thrones and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes and they had crowns of gold on their head. Now, finding out exactly who these 24 elders is has been difficult for theologians and scholars to do. Some believe that they are angels, but they can't be angels because angels are never called elders. Angels don't have crowns. Some in the church have been called elders, and the Bible speaks of five different crowns that we can receive. Some believe that this represents the 12 sons of Jacob and the 12 apostles, making 24 elders that stand around the throne. I don't think that we can completely rule that out, but most believe that these 24 elders represent the entire body of Christ, that they stand before the throne as a representative of us as they worship God. 
it is interesting that in first chronicles 23 4 and 6 david set up 24 divisions of a thousand men apiece to take care of the tabernacle or the house of god and now we see these 24 elders inside the throne room these 24 elders say in revelation 5 9 and they sang a new song saying you are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. See, we have been redeemed. He redeemed us by his blood. So these 24 elders have to be people. Most see them as representing the church. It's possible that they could represent the nation of Israel and the church, the two different groups of people that God used to reach out to this world in history. After having these 24 elders who are around the throne with the crowns on their head catch his eye, the next thing that he sees is that the throne is active. It says in Revelation 4, 5, and from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunders, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are seven spirits of God. And so from the throne proceed lightnings and thunders and voices. This reminds us of when the law was given and Mount Sinai looked like that. God is about to bring judgment on the world and he is not active. There's lightning and thunder and voices. And we see that there's lightning, thunder and voices represented throughout the book of Revelation that this judgment is coming from God's throne. Not only does God bring salvation, but God brings judgment to those who will not receive that salvation. Now it goes on to say, seven lamps were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. The seven spirits of God is the Holy Spirit. He sees the Holy Spirit in heaven. Zechariah 4.2 says, and he said to me, what do you see? And I said, I am looking and there is a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it. And on the stand, seven lamps with seven pipes to the seven lamps. This represented the Holy Spirit. Listen to what it says about these seven spirits in Revelation 5, 6. And I looked and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though he had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, the number of completeness, seven horns, the horns represent power. Those seven eyes represent seeing everything. And then it says, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all of the earth. And Jesus sent the Holy Spirit who is now working with the church. Now why seven spirits representing the one Holy Spirit? Because seven is the number of completeness. Isaiah 11:2 talks about seven aspects of the Holy Spirit. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. All of these are the work of the spirit and make up how the spirit works among us. After seeing the activity on the throne and the Holy Spirit represented by these seven spirits, he sees before the throne that there was a sea of glass like crystal. So it's not a sea, it's not water, when people start to talk about the significance of this sea of glass before the throne, they usually start talking about what water represented, judgment in the flood and deliverance in Egypt when the waters were parted and the destruction of the army of Pharaoh. This sea of glass is brought up again later on in the book of Revelation, in Revelation 15 too. And I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire. So see again, something like a sea of glass. And those who have the victory over the beast, over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, having harps of God. 
So this sea of glass has something to do with eternity being given to us, us being given victory, and you see the saints standing on this sea of glass. The Bible tells us in the book of Revelation that these things were given as signs, and we're going to see that there is some mystery in the book, and not every part is understood. Sometimes, like the sea of glass, you start to read what people say, you begin to look it up, and you just don't find anything that is satisfactory. I think it means so much more than we can possibly think. But these who have victory are standing on the sea of glass. It is a place for those who are victorious. It is by Christ and we will be in heaven with him because we are victorious. The final thing that we notice in the throne room as John was looking around is that he saw angels. It says, and in the midst of the throne and all around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. And he goes on to describe what they look like. It says in verse seven, the first living creature was like a lion, the second living creature like a calf, the third living creature had the face like a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes all around and within. And they do not rest day or night saying, Holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. Verse 9 says, Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, You are worthy, O God, to receive glory, honor, and power. For you created all things and by your will exist and were created. So we see angels that are in heaven and there are all kinds of different angels. There's cherubim and there are seraphim. There are principalities. We see that Michael is called the prince over the nation of Israel. There is an archangel. Gabriel says he stands in the presence of God. There are a heavenly host of angels that are all around. And we would expect that. But these angels that look like a calf and look like a man and look like an eagle and look like a lion, that sets us back, having six wings as they fly and worship God. I don't know what your favorite thing to do is when you're worshiping God, sitting, standing, lifting up your hands, but can you imagine flying while you are worshiping God? The final thing that John sees in heaven is the 24 elders falling down and worshiping and they represent the church, and we are to worship God. One thing that we find in heaven is worship. We put our focus on the Lord our God and all that he has done for us. What a picture John saw up in heaven. Worship taking place, angels flying around, a sea of glass before the throne, the spirit of God being there, the 24 elders up around the throne, the glory of God and the throne itself and one who sat on the throne. Three things in closing. For the Christian, God's throne is a place of grace, testing and provision. We can go to God on the throne and from his throne he tests us because he wants to refine us to be much more precious than gold and he gives us provision in times of help. Number two, the Bible tells us we also bear the glory of God. Jesus prayed in John 17 to the Father that the glory he gave him that he would give it to us. And we are told in Colossians that we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. We are to live our lives in such a way that when people see our good works, they glorify God who is in heaven. Number three, 
Jesus is the express image of the glory of God. If you want to know what God is like, then you look at Jesus. And when you see his compassion, when you see his mercy, when you see his anger towards hypocrisy, when you see all of his righteousness and the things that Jesus does, it is compelling to me. I want to know him more. This is the glory of God. The more we know Jesus, the more we see his glory. And may we learn more about God's glory, which fills the throne room in heaven.